0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Volrath Feed. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And together with my co-host and producer, Justin Pearson, we like to bring you into all the areas of commercial food service that uh, maybe you don't always think about when we say commercial food service. It's a big industry, and there are many interesting people, and uh, they're knocking it out of the park every day, as we say. So looking forward to another great episode here. Justin... uh, how are you doing today welcome to the show
1: oh well thank you thank you I'm doing fantastic today and you know really really excited about our guest today because you know we get a, we get to talk about uh something that you and i both have had uh, a lot of experience on uh, on the amateur level and in, in, in the younger
0: days yeah yeah we're gonna have fun today it's gonna be a good sh- a good show uh today we have kevin blinn who is the executive chef of at the Pittsburgh Steelers so he is like the personal chef of the team right that's pretty cool
1: yeah yeah Uh, it was brought to my attention that uh, this is this is how far up on on the trust level scale he is with the organization that during uh, the draft he is the only food service person they allow into their war room and and we all know how how intense those rooms can get and you can't have uh, anybody that uh, is going to even potentially
0: leak any information in in there and have access to that room so oh right i'm sure Boy, you've got to have that trust that is that's amazing when you think about it it really is i mean he's got to have just a huge uh, level of trust and a great relationship with everyone that's in that room because that can make or break a team
1: oh yeah information yeah. that
0: goes on and talked about in that room
1: well and then you also think, like, not eating well could probably also really break a team during that high-level <laughs> stress. <laughs> the coach
0: not having enough energy to make the call. <laughs> wow. No, that, that, it's going to be fun today, I, I know. I and mean, I think partially because we all have this this idea of what professional football players must eat. We've heard the stories, like, over the years of gargantuan whatevers, right, steaks, meals, burgers. But I'll bet it, we're going to hear a different story. I bet it's changed. I think, you know, nutrition being more in the forefront and everyone understanding the the value of good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're investing in players. These guys are $100 million guys in some cases, right? So really yeah. interesting to hear how that's changed.
1: Back in the day, it was calories in, calories out. And that was about as much as we really dove into it. And yeah. the the amount of science and research that has gone into that particular business is probably pretty mind-blowing. I mean, I'm really really interested in hearing more about that and and how uh, how Kevin has to work with the nutritionists and the dietitians and to make sure that they're getting the most out of their athletes
0: well not only just as a group but what about the individuals what about right. the star of the team that in this case the Ben Roethlisberger who comes in or the you know the other big players that come in and say my doctor my dietitian my personal trainer says I'm only to eat this or mm-hmm. I only like that do they he's I mean, gotta he's got a cater to that right this is your this is your are, man on the team
1: yeah I, I mean Big ben are there even are there even like uh contractual guidelines or boundaries that they have to stay within for diet I don't know
0: well th- now yeah. do you think this is like in a contract like you talked about uh, when you were in your band and you you guys you know had some fun with the green room request yeah. do you think yeah. these guys have that in your contract like okay if you throw for a hundred thousand yards or not hundred <laughs> yards per game or whatever it is you know these big numbers. That, you know, you you need at your lunch table every day the only the brown M and M's or whatever it is, you know, or the... and,
1: you know maybe they do have hospitality riders for their for their locker, you know, like <laughs> you know they're getting ready for the game and they got yeah. their special you know shakes and you know their special snacks beforehand that are they're made sure they're there every time, and, mm-hmm. or you know
0: maybe they get special victory food, you know. You lose you don't eat <laughs> yeah I don't know it's got to be keep them hungry <laughs> all right Justin I'm excited to get to it today I, I know you and I've been talking a lot here but let's let's bring our guest out and uh, to remind everyone today we have on our show Kevin Blinn who is the executive chef at the Pittsburgh Steelers Kevin welcome to the Volrath feed
2: thank you Rich. happy hey, to be here for sure
0: well thank you I would enjoy having you here and, and Kevin you you have to realize that you have got a job that a lot of people think is pretty cool stuff. I mean, how did this opportunity come about for you, being an executive chef for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That is It's quite that, an that's accomplishment cool. for
2: sure, yeah. You know, there's only 32 in, in the NFL, and to be one of them for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's quite an accomplishment for sure. So our company is actually contracted into this facility. Like most teams have food service-related uh, cafes in their facilities, so we were lucky enough to have this one since they opened here in 2003
0: is it unique that a team you're the chef to the team right you're not involved in the stadium or are you also overseeing the stadium Uh,
2: no just for the team on the south side
0: yeah so is that unique i mean we talked to another chef that was in charge of like the stadium at other locations for different things but is it unique that each team has a chef just for the team
2: oh yes for sure yeah Back okay. actually back in the day they never had that it was all catered in and now uh-huh. you know food is obviously very important to most NFL teams most sports teams in general actually
0: okay so we maybe Justin maybe we just didn't realize that we had uh, when we talked to our chefs that were in the stadium that they were specific to the stadium and then there was another chef to the team so yeah well uh, they're specialized but
2: some some NFL teams use their stadiums as their workplace too so. Well, ours is unique where Heinz Field is just for the games and here is for work.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, your menu then, the the things that you develop, I mean, is that something that you work with the team with? Do you work with nutritionists with? I mean, how, how connected are the coach and managers?
2: Yeah, team dietitian here. His name is Matt Darnell. We work very closely with him in, uh, you know, making our menus. And our company also has a good resource for where we find our foods, where it's local and organic, as mostly as possible.
1: Yeah, because that, that's one of the big things that we were initially wondering about is like, there's been so much science and research and development in diets, especially for uh, top tier level athletes. What what does the process look like for developing uh, a menu for uh, a team and the special recommendations and the special diets that they want to be on and you Uh, know
2: it's so hard because you think about like there's these guys are from all over the like america you mm -hmm. know what i mean so you get guys that maybe have grown up eating mcdonald's or whatever and you have to try to transition them maybe from a college level to an nfl level and that doesn't it's not easily done oh yeah some guys don't know what certain things are and you have to you know teach them basically what it is that they're eating and why they're eating it
1: yeah so, is there like a, a set menu that you have, or you try and cater to to what they want? Like, like you said, they're from all over the country, and they might have right. regional favorites that, like, oh, you know, I'd really, really like to get some shrimp and grits, you know? Or, you know
2: right? Like, how- yeah, I mean, it's hard because then they try to base it like, oh, I had shrimp and grits. This is, you know, it's like I had one at home, or it's not like how I had it at yeah. home, which <laughs> makes it challenging. But it's a challenge I like to accept, obviously, to make it better than their home life is. But and I'm happy to hear that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So. So from a pure culinary side, like just is that your biggest challenge is just trying to, to modify things to make the guys happy? I mean, or, or are you just like, guys, this is how we do it here or, or how to what level yeah, you do you want to make go? sure
2: the guys are happy for sure? That like, You try to broaden their horizons of what they used to eat or what they're used to eating, I should say. So,
0: so like in a typical meal, how many options say entree options will you offer? Is it just like a. And is it buffet Usually, style? I mean, we have so many questions. Like this. I yeah. know we jumped right into there's it here, a, but we... there's a
2: lot that we try to offer because there's so many players and coaches and staff. And you know, how many go... guys
0: is it? Or people there, is it a day? That's a
2: 60 man roster. Yeah. So yeah. then,
0: coaches and trainers and yeah, everything so rolled probably
2: up. Probably 150, 160. Whoa. Yeah. Plus we service the University of Pitt
1: oh that's right
2: yeah so we service you know there's we'll call it 200 on the steeler side and 200 on the pit side so three meals a day wow sometimes seven days a week depends
1: huh oh yeah okay that's intense yeah and
2: bringing in the highest product obviously is our goal yeah yeah anybody could serve a steak but a serving a steak you know, and how you do it correctly makes a big difference. So
0: is it the same product that you serve to the University of Pitt and the players and the yes. coaches and every everyone eats the yep. same? Yeah, both wow. college level
2: and NFL professional level are,
0: are the same. Oh, and, oh okay. Yeah.
1: You, you said you try to source locally as much as possible, and
2: yeah, actually, this company here, Rivendell is uh the owner of rivendale is a partial owner of the steelers oh. so and he grows a lot, it's all local and we buy chocolate milk from him and ice cream if we can there's a lot of local farms around the P or pittsburgh area that we try to buy from
1: what's the vetting process look like for becoming a, a a vendor
2: they have to go through a like we survey their area to make sure that obviously they're under the conditions that we like so we can use them as a vendor inspections a lot of inspections
1: a lot yeah and that's a lot of volume i always
2: tell people i don't want to make the news for (laughs) yeah the wrong reasons (laughs) and
1: that's a stressful
2: level every day actually oh yeah because you never i mean man one mess up and you're going to make the news and you don't want to do that
1: no and i mean just if you think about the millions of dollars that that could cost if if, if, uh even even a couple players go down with something right yeah, or
0: you have the, to Or as I say the main player, if you if you give Big Ben the wrong something and he oh, gets yeah, sick, it's over. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's mean, it for
1: me. <laughs> Somebody's... <you are> mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep, that'll be it for me. Oh man. That's... What
0: what is your relationship with the team? I mean, do you do you know these guys? Like they come up and oh, hey yeah. Kevin, I mean, I've how been you here doing? Since
2: two thousand twelve, so my relationship is I feel is obviously very good. Yeah. And I'm well known here, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm easygoing, <laughs> so I I love just being at this facility to work here. I don't go yeah. out out, out and be like, "Oh, I'm the chef for the Pittsburgh Steelers." That's just not right. who I am. It's no. I'm prideful to be where I'm at, but at the end of the day, it's a
1: job. We we heard uh, through the grapevine that uh, you are the trusted guy providing food service during the draft days, and you're you're you're, yes. you're the guy that's allowed in the war room there. And
2: yes, yes, so that- not very often, but i've been in there whenever it's draft day
1: so without revealing wow. any type of secrets or anything what's that like because that's a super high stress arena it's confusing because
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's names of everyone all over boards everywhere and i'm like i don't know how you guys do it i mean it's just <laughs> insane to me
1: and yeah do they have like any well what's that process look like for you when when you're bringing in meals because they're there for a long time and i'm sure you have to be there equally as long or longer you know making sure that they're fed and they're happy in that area
2: oh yeah it definitely it's uh it's fun for sure on that aspect that day those three days are fun for the draft
1: yeah how, how long of a
0: day is it usually
1: that's uh, a
2: 15 hour oh, day yeah. well even though it starts at seven o'clock at night
0: yeah. oh yeah that's a late night that's right yeah so it usually goes till midnight okay I, I know this must feel like a fast five but i told you we had a lot of questions so we're just kind of like <laughs> firing these questions no, at that's you that's fine but- Uh, But I I really, you know, we started talking about nutritional and, um, you know, you've got these athletes that I know have private trainers and they have doctors and they might have, as we said, regional expectations. And um, some of these guys really feeding them healthy food and what they um, what their dietitians or their trainers say is very important. So how do you incorporate and make sure that that's all in there? And and just being specific maybe to one or two guys, I mean, is there – you just try to accommodate everybody's special requests or how does it work? I mean, at
2: the end of the day, you want to make sure everybody's happy Mm -hmm. because if they're happy, we're happy just as well. You know, we research a lot of things like getting our beef – it's coming out of California, it's grass-fed, and then they finish it with carrots. I mean, to give these guys the knowledge of that, like, hey, instead of eating the grain-fed, like, obviously that's better meat, but we found this product to be even better for you. So to, to educate them on what they should be eating makes it easier for us to serve it.
0: Right. That's the longstanding uh, debate on beef is grain fed or, or grass fed. They're, right. they're intended to eat grass, but people prefer sometimes corn. But um, so right. those but little we differences. We
2: product to be finished with carrots for the last 30 days. And it's, uh, and it's an extremely great product.
0: Okay. And, you know, thinking of football and, and the old stereotypes, I mean, Justin and I, we played in college and we talked a little bit in the Pre-show about you know that that mentality of, of just it was all about the calories, the amount of food that you eat. Is that stereotype still hold, or are guys just more about nope? I'm going to eat 12 ounces of my protein today, and so many ounces of you know vegetables and lean proteins, things like that.
2: Yeah, that that has changed over the years, even since my first year here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the intake as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Now it's let me see how fast I can get. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely changed throughout the years. That even our linemen. uh, you know they're eating the same as a wide receiver would eat, the same portion wise. Ah. Now there are some players that have to gain weight to make sure that they maintain the level of a lineman or a defensive lineman. But the rest, I mean, it's they're all pretty similar. Huh.
0: So d- without again violating any confidentiality or anything, do you have any stories of like, do you have anybody on your team like <laughs> that lives up to that stereotype of the guy that's trying to put on weight? The amount of stuff they can pack away. Like we've got engineers by us that we talk about internally about how much they can eat but right. do you have anything like that? Like just, I think people want to know, like what does a six foot four, 320 pound lineman eat?
2: I would say like, I will give a name of Al Villanueva. He can, he can really eat, but he has to eat to make sure that he maintains his, what he does every day right? or every Sunday, I should say. He has to pull that weight on to keep his position. Yeah. So he was, be, he would be one guy that sticks out to me a lot.
0: Does he eat healthy or is he like, it doesn't matter, no. I just need weight.
2: Yeah, we only serve healthy here anyway, so everyone has to eat healthy. (laughs) Okay. There's no option.
0: The ice cream, when you said, well, we can get it, you limit the amount of things like that the players can get?
2: Yeah, that's only because it's Rivendell that we provide the ice cream for because it's a partial owner. Sure. Yeah, so that's a a one-time-a-week, maybe one time-a-month if they're – yeah, it depends on how our season's go. Yeah, I was gonna going to say, how, how, how well they're performing.
1: <laughs> Did you earn that?
0: Yeah. How, how close do you work with uh, the head coach on, on uh, what you serve? Is there treat days? Is there rewards for good play? Uh, anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
2: it's mostly our dietitian here. Okay. Yeah, he'll give us the day, like, yeah, let's let's do an ice cream nest day. Oh. Coach Salmon's all football.
1: All football, yeah. Yeah. What's your relationship with your your? dietitian nutritionist there how do you guys uh, work together on um, is he developing the menus or do you do it together and then you're the one that that puts it into play what's that process look yeah like?
2: we have a very good relationship matt darnell and myself uh, i think he's been there like four years uh we meet like weekly but i typically make the menus up and then i send it to him okay via email and he's approves it or he makes suggestions.
1: Okay, what 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 type of suggestions would he make? Like, uh, I'm sure after you know, instead
2: of maybe having you know this rice, let's try this rice, or you know, just different things like that. Okay, I mean, I've been here nine years, so to me, it's if I shouldn't if I make a bad menu now,
1: yeah, was, shame on me. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> I'm sure you could uh, do both roles as uh, you know, dietitian and and
2: yeah, being here, yeah, being here long, long enough. Yeah.
1: For sure, <laughs> I would like to circle back around, Kevin and what did the start of your culinary journey look like? I mean, did you always know you wanted to be a chef or did you stumble upon it along the way? Have you always been in food service? And then from there, if you could just kind of go into how you became associated with the Steelers and what that um, progress looked like becoming executive chef. Yeah,
2: I mean, I grew up on a farm outside of Pittsburgh, an hour north of here. So, I mean, farming was always in my blood and then my mom said, you need to go get a job at 13. <laughs> at 13. <laughs> so she was actually working in a restaurant when I started working as a host or a busboy. So I guess that kind of got me started yeah. in the food service world. And then she moved on to another account and then I moved on with her and I worked with a chef there for four years and he's the one that really got me mm. into the cooking. Plus my dad cooks and does a lot of things as well. So it's basically in my family. Yeah, just,
1: just in the blood. The cooking aspect. Yeah.
2: And then yeah, I went on to the Cordon Bleu program in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, that school is no longer. Mm-hmm. But I did that 16 month course, and then I worked at Six Pen downtown Pittsburgh. And then I just kept moving on. That since then, and I've worked for my company, Parker's Dining, for 18 years.
1: What is all, uh, what is all? What does your business encompass? Like uh, what what is the reach of it? Oh,
2: it's uh like college corporate dining. Our business, yeah, yeah the Parker's Dining. Yeah, we're in a lot of colleges a lot of corporate dinings and then obviously the steelers and we have the pittsburgh penguins
1: oh and the penguins yeah are they eating the same thing or do hockey guys like do completely yeah, different.
2: pretty close with the chef out there so him and i talk a lot of what do you guys do and what do we do so we do collaborate on penguins eat a little differently than the steelers do. <laughs> different uh different players we'll call
0: it <laughs> yeah you know it sounds like we were kind of anticipating at least i was i can't speak for justin but that it was going to be somehow very different because you were the executive chef of a pro nfl team but it sounds really like you you as you said it earlier you kind of alluded to it it's, it's at the end of the day it's the job right it really is you are just you are a food service operation you're servicing the the school, you're doing other sports teams. This to you is just, it's a big food service operation. It's not like you're the private chef just to the team. I mean, you are, but but yet you look at it as like, this is just a big operation. So in a lot of ways, you're running just a big commercial food service operation.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And actually, you know what? The Steelers appreciate that because they don't want people going out and saying, I work for the Steelers or I do this. They Mm -hmm. want... Just come in and do your job. Very family-oriented place, for sure, which makes it nice and welcoming for anyone that come in, you know.
0: So so giving us some sense of scope, uh, so you have sous chefs that work for you, that you have different areas. So can you just kind of detail out your organization that you have there? And and you are the executive chef, so obviously everyone knows that in the kitchen, you are the man. Right. And then how does it work from there?
2: Yeah, I do have, uh, I have probably the best team I ever worked with my whole career here. Uh, a couple sous chefs and everyone else just prep, cook, line everything here.
0: So in a day's time, you, you said how many meals? Two hundred
2: and yeah, two hundred meals for three day, three times a day, for two teams.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. And so your staff consists of how many people total? Thirteen. Wow, Thirteen that's in the lot. kitchen.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of volume. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, a lot of volume for, and not a lot of people. For 13 people, yeah.
0: Yeah. What technologies do you look at in the kitchen? What are some things that you've seen come along in the last, say, 7, 10 years that you look at and go, that that was a big deal to me when that came out? Anything like that? Like
2: equipment, you mean?
0: Yeah. Like
2: we have a sous vide machine from Volrath, which is nice, amazing. Yeah, that's changed how we do things on a weekly basis
0: fantastic i didn't really yep. have that what what is it you uh, really appreciate about or use that machine for
2: uh we use it for everything i mean really you could do cool. any kind of meat in there i mean you wouldn't do filet in there but it's anything no. in there for sure
1: yeah Hard-boiled eggs
2: <laughs> anything yeah yeah it's great yeah we have the vax seal and the sous vide and uh, yeah. it's changed everything to cook ribs in there and, and to finish them in
1: the oven there's nothing better.
0: Yeah. The, yeah.
1: You just kind of like set it and then you're just like, go yeah. do something else, you know? Yeah, that's right.
0: I used mine yesterday and I had to prepare a meal. And one of the things I really enjoy making out of there is as simple as it sounds, just carrots. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people I've served carrots to out of sous vide and the initial response is, oh, I don't like carrots. And I'll say, well, just give them a try. And they'll try them and they go, oh, these are really good. Because they're perfectly done to the to the bite. They're yep. not mushy. They're not overcooked. They have great flavor. Something as simple as a carrot sous vide, you know, people always think, and we we tend to think about the big protein center of the plate, but sometimes it can be that side that just is really unique there. Makes it come together. Right, right. Very cool. So anything else in the kitchen then? Uh, Are you looking at um, anything, new technologies, anything got you excited? Coming down the pipe?
2: Over the last, I think it was four years ago, we had a remodel, and we obviously implemented a lot of Volrath. We have the hot, cold wells, the induction soup wells. That's uh, a champ. Yeah, they are. They're great. The hot soup or the hot and cold wells are amazing. You can definitely do a lot more on your hotline where you could do tacos and you keep it cold. So if the health department comes in, you make sure all your temps are down. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great add to our kitchen for sure.
0: It just adds that flexibility, which is what everyone's looking for. Yep. How do you make your space more, more efficient and flexible?
1: Yep. Yeah, And that's been the key word, you know, especially now during – COVID times is, is flexibility. And, and what's, what's been different for you guys? Um, I mean, you have to serve a lot of people and then you also have to have these guidelines and restrictions. What, what does a meal yeah. day look like now? There's gotta be a nightmare. Everything's
2: different now. I mean, you know, we, it was never self-service, but you know, mm. some players like their salad bar, obviously, that's an easy one that is everything's in containers and individualized. Mm. So it's definitely changed how we view, but luckily, we had the right pieces in place. Mm-hmm. You know, before we had the the Volrath, the cup dispenser, the single one where you pull it, that, mm. that's... I mean, we were ahead of the curve on that. Because now it's one... You're pulling one cup out instead of... You're only touching your own cup and l- the lid saver. Mm. I couldn't think of the name of it. That's... Yeah. We were ahead of the curve on that. You know, we had to look at not very much else. We already had some stuff in place, which was great.
1: That's awesome. So...
2: That, that was definitely beneficial for us. And the Steel Wars, I mean, they appreciated that even when we first got it. And then they really appreciated when we have it.
1: Well, yeah, just during regular flu season, you know. If yeah, you
2: can, right. If you can eliminate. To eliminate and help, that way you don't lose, like, Ben for a Sunday because of the flu or whatever.
0: <laughs> that's pressure.
2: Definitely beneficial.
0: That, that's one of the things that breaks my
1: heart is, you know, salad bars are, are just not a thing anymore. And that was, like, always one of my favorite things, you know, So you find a good a good salad bar and then I do everything in my power to make it as unhealthy of a salad as I can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. But It's, it's been a threat.
2: benefit for some players, for sure. I'm sure it Just has. as you said. <laughs> I mean, you now they still... don't have a choice to grab what we make. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they could still dump a gallon of ranch on it if they want it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> they have to find it first. Yeah. They... <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, one of the things I always like to make sure we talk to chefs about is um, – you know, with with the job that we have in the kitchen, and and you especially with like you mentioned during draft time, and do you travel with the team? By the way, no, No, you don't. So when they no, go somewhere, uh, um...
2: you know, they'll fly to their hotel, where they'll stay in the hotel in Pittsburgh. Okay, so
0: so you're you're you've got a, a little bit of a break maybe on some of the weekends when they play yeah, away, at least from Sometimes. one team. <laughs> yeah, <you're> always...
2: <laughs> still two teams here. So Pitt plays Saturday. We'll feed uh-huh. the Steelers Saturday before they leave, and then Sunday Pitt's back but it's so, still a small break I'll
0: take it. Yeah, there you go. So with your lifestyle, we always we know food service. How do you balance out the hours you work, the days you put in uh and and a home life? I mean there are days because I always tell people that the restaurant industry, food service industry, it can chew you up because you will spend every moment of your day there, you could, if, if you allow it, you could be there every moment of the day because there's just that much to do. Right. So you have to make a break. And how do you balance your work life and your home life?
2: God bless my wife because <laughs> it's working at a, for an NFL team, it's seven days a week. And oh. I do put a lot of time in here. And I have two little boys at home. God bless her. (laughs) Yeah, but I I try to do my best to balance that out because obviously it's it is a job, but I do want to go home and see my kids and my wife. So it's hard to balance it out because football goes on. They don't, you know, we're going to be here Christmas. You know, they don't, they don't care what day it is. They want to make sure that they're fed and. That's what we're here for.
1: It's the food service life. How do you find the time to to take a vacation? How do you find time to switch off for a little bit and hit that reset button?
2: Like I said before, luckily I have the best staff I've ever had here, so that makes it somewhat easier to take some time off. But it's still a lot of a lot of stuff going on, a lot of food that comes in. I spend yeah. thirty thousand a week just in food. So that that's a pretty big number for to feed. That's two teams
1: feeding. Yeah, that that it's changes the game for it's sure. Just truckloads. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you get uh, do you get some downtime where you do some recipe development? And, you know, sometimes when you're going, 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 task after task after task, it gets hard to be creative. How do you find time to be creative and, and come up with some new menu items? And- yeah,
2: you do get complacent after a period of time, but you just research all summer as much as you can. Like after mini camps over and usually in July or June, you just get a month, get yourself ready for training camp, and then you have all your menus kind of prepared for them.
1: So you develop a new menu each year and you just kind of build off of that from the previous year or Yeah, it... I
2: try to build off, you know, what we did in the previous year and come up with new things obviously.
1: Yeah. Are there other are things that on the menu that they're just always there? They're just like staples.
2: At grilled chicken is, I mean, obviously, but buffalo chicken wraps are, are they're a win. That we have to have that. <laughs> if not, I just might as well go home.
0: <laughs> like your biggest hit on the menu that you implemented?
2: Uh, king crab legs, we, we have had multiple times. Oh yeah.
0: Who could, that's a big time.
2: Yeah. But they have to be split (laughs) so they don't have to mess around (laughs) with it. So it makes it easier for them.
0: Yeah. You want guys out there, you know, with with their fork, trying to pry that open. You got to give them the right tools. Last
2: year we got, it's called snow aged beef. It's from Japan and it takes 90 days. Yeah. I ordered it in July last year and I got it in December of last year. It was hands down the best beef I have ever worked with. If you ever have time, research snow aged beef.
1: No. I'm writing it down. Yeah.
2: Beef. It's incredible. It's $100 a pound.
1: So it's wow. like uh
2: it's the best beef you'll ever uh, eat.
1: Do, do they pamper it and feed it beer or
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's the yeah, it's, I mean it's above Kobe. I mean oh. We all know that Kobe beefs the best. No. We do, we buy a lot we buy a lot of wagyu and obviously the grass fed, mm-hmm. but to get that in, it, it was very special. And I told my staff, I'm like, this is, you'll never gonna see this again because I'll get fired if I buy it again. <laughs> a pound, that's yeah. a lot of money.
1: So the guys just plow through it or they take their time like, wow, this is something different, this is something special. Or did you make a big deal like, guys, just don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, educate a lot of them on it because I didn't want them to be like, hey, don't, just enjoy this because you may not ever, you're not gonna get this in a lot of high end restaurants. It, This is something special. <laughs>
0: Merry Christmas. Well, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, does the does the coach or somebody say, hey, you know, the guys really worked hard this week. We you know, implemented all the things we wanted to do in the game. Give them a treat. Or, you just did that one day because you wanted to.
2: Yeah, I just do it.
0: Yeah, Like, okay. like I
2: said, I nine years here, they trust me a lot to do a lot of great mm-hmm.
0: things. Yeah.
1: Have you had any bizarre requests from players or anything that's just, like, really out there and you're like, hmm. Okay, maybe, and, and then tried it, too.
2: Yeah, there's there's actually one that is just odd to me, but I actually love it now that I've tried it. So we make, obviously, egg and cheese, and whatever sandwiches in the morning. And we did one with egg, cheese, chicken sausage, and grape jelly. Uh, and I thought, grape jelly? But it is amazing on there. That
1: great
2: to make jelly. an egg sandwich, whether it's bacon or whatever, you may want to put on it grape jelly on there that it does it for me all it's right
1: it's really huh. good well i'm reading that, I'm reading that one down to too, Justin. yeah i've used grape jelly you know like with uh making some sauces and stuff for like hot wings and stuff yeah yeah there, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah i've never done that on a on a breakfast egg sandwich, sandwich yeah that, it was that, different but i enjoy it that's happening probably in my top category there's breakfast sandwiches i don't know they're, they're just up there for me they're like oh i agree mm. And my wife, by contrast, she's just like, no, breakfast food sucks. And I'm like, how are we even married? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has all been kind of one side. Do you have any questions you'd ever like to ask of the Volrath Company or anything uh, you that know, way?
2: Julie, she does a great job for us in the Pittsburgh area. Cool. Uh,
0: yeah, shout out to Julie Hine, a yeah. rep out in your area. Yeah, she Perfect. does a
2: great job. She always introduces new, product to it, new products or equipment or whatever it may be. And she's been very instrumental to making us successful. Like I said, with Excellent. the lid savers, I mean... We were so far ahead before. I mean, unfortunately, COVID hit. But yeah. and to have that stuff implemented already, and not try to try to find stuff to make you successful, that was huge for
0: us. You know, that product specifically is one of those that, when you talked about it, even before COVID, you could see the advantages of it, right? So, oh, yeah. like you said, you, the Steelers appreciated you doing that well before COVID, right? And then COVID hits, and and of course, not everyone's on the bandwagon on that for sure because. We we need to be safe, but well, from um, a cost
2: perspective too. I mean, I, I've seen so many times that just cups just sitting there and it's just wasted. Maybe people don't think they're they're not cheap. So
0: why waste them, right? Yep. Kevin, you
1: played. You said you played ball. What position did you play? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. Oh.
2: And actually, once a year we have a turkey bowl. You're here. talking a two line. here. Bowl. You know. Yeah, <laughs> we had a tur- we have a turkey bowl. So we take the people that work on the south side facility to so go against people from Heinz Field, and I'm okay. usually the quarterback.
1: All right. Which is fun.
2: And I pay for it the next day because I'm not an, I'm not young anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it takes me about a week. Thank God there's trainers here that can yeah. help me <laughs> heal up a little faster than normal.
0: You're you're probably the, one of 32 chefs or other professional teams as well where you can go in and actually talk to a professional trainer the next day after having a a weekend yeah, right. out on sports. <laughs> So can you just talk a little bit more about your relationship with your reps? I know you mentioned Julie from Volrath and just having that closeness where someone that you can trust, again, that comes in and gives you that good advice like on the Lid Saver and, and tells you, you know, the, the importance of these products and can really help you understand the market on the, on the product.
2: Yeah, I mean, with Julie, I mean, she would come in even if I mean, she would recommend products that we would need, not products that you guys may have. It's products that would be helpful for us, which is huge. So that relationship obviously is very good. Most reps, you'll think of, oh, it's Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's just try to sell them everything. So it's nice to have someone that doesn't do that.
0: Yeah, you're still shopping with cost of ownership in mind. I mean, you don't want to be sold a product that you don't need. You want to be sold product that is going to last. It's going to have good value for you. And right. Yeah, it
2: makes a big difference. Enjoy. I mean. Jolie's a Cleveland Browns fan, to come in here and say to help the Steelers out. I'm not sure how easy that was for her.
1: Yeah, I, know. I mean, come on! It's like, I can't believe she sold you on the lid savers. you know, like, get them. Get...
2: I had to, I had to check the lid savers out. I'm like, make sure there's nothing in there. I mean, so that's our running joke with her. You know, every time we speak is. Um, the Browns are doing well this year.
0: But I know which it's is not.
2: Sure. It's not as easy as it was before to make fun of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Pittsburgh's been doing fantastic this year, although a couple of stumbles yeah, lately. We right? A little and,
2: bit, but we're going to come back.
0: Yeah, you think it'll be a Packers Steeler? Maybe is I don't that, know. Is I that possible? So. Mm. That was a good yeah. Super
2: Bowl many years ago. That was right with the, uh, the Packers prevailing.
0: Uh, do you ever get any of the old timers that come in and you get to meet? Yeah. Or Bradshaw. No, uh, Bradshaw uh, doesn't
2: those... come in. Jerome will come in. Uh, not obviously Bettis, not this year, but both. he has come in. And I was yeah. here when Troy Palamola was here. And the, you know, I'm not starstruck by anyone but him. That that was just neat to me to see a legend here. Yeah. So it was cool.
1: Is his hair is fabulous oh, in person. And his hair is fabulous. That's right.
0: <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh is one of those franchises um, – it's been around for a long time. and has great history, some some fantastic uh great games they've played and, and a, lot a lot of, of fun athletes. being around. Yep. A lot of good yep, yep. Absolutely. And you can tell
2: that yep. like I said, my first day walking here in here was it was amazing. I felt like it was a family. To meet yeah. everyone and to tell you who they are and welcome to the team and, and they treat you that way. Even though we're not part of the Pittsburgh Steelers Worth yeah. Parker dining they treat you like they're you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. That's comforting for sure.
0: Does that cause you to up your game? Do you come to work and feel like you know what I've got to be on my game top top every day because I am working for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Yeah it's very rewarding to everyone should think that way but to work for a sports team and think that way. You have Mm -hmm. to be it. Yeah like I tell everyone you get one shot every day. Make it your best.
1: That's right. So I I remember being a kid and uh, the Steelers like Growing up in Idaho, uh, we didn't have very many uh, professional sports teams geographically right. convenient. So I was a huge fan of the Steelers because one of their players at the time was from my hometown of Pocatello, Idaho, and that was uh, Merrill Hodge. And, oh, yeah. And he was just like like my hero all growing up. So I I have a very... Uh, soft spot for for the Steelers uh, in in my life, and I always like to.
2: And I was fortunate to meet Murrow a couple of times. He's a great guy.
1: Oh, yeah, it, that's what he that's because he comes in hear. and he
2: covers a little bit of the Steelers, and he's on talk radio uh, in the yep. morning sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, great guy.
1: Oh, that's so it's so refreshing to hear that with somebody that you've looked up to or you know been a bit of hero in your life, and then to, to have it validated that they're actually a decent human being. Yes, that's. Yep. that's all right, well, I've you seen just a made lot of my players
2: day. come and go from here. Some are good and some are challenging, I'll call it.
1: Challenging, that's a yes. great way to put it. <laughs> challenging personalities. <laughs>
2: yes, definitely.
1: I'm sure you see all kinds of that though, you know, it's, uh... Yes,
2: uh I've met a lot of great people though, for sure. M- oh. Mostly great. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's always a knucklehead.
1: Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> and that level of, you know, that stardom, it's got to do something to a person on every level, you know, like when you, right. when you reach that limelight, you know, I, who knows how any of us would, would be changed by being thrust upon. Yeah, yeah money changes spot. some people, unfortunately. That's true. That's very true. So, so what is what is your favorite thing to make on, on the menu? Wow. I love
2: anything seafood. I like breaking down a whole fish yeah. from start to finish. what What kind of what kind of
1: fish what's your what's your favorite fish there
2: i like halibut i've flown in halibut from alaska in two Mm -hmm. days fresh fish and break it down on the line in front of players and then i grill it up or i whatever i may sous vide it or poach it i don't know i just i love doing that
1: it's something very therapeutic about breaking down a fish you know like
2: it's rewarding yeah and it's not i mean it's not easy (laughs) you get a 50 75 pound halibut put it on the table and cut it down it takes a little bit of skill
0: that's true that's a big fish
2: yeah
0: you you have got a, a bit of a unique experience it sounds like you've talked about flying in halibut from alaska in two days you've talked about 100 dollars per pound beef <laughs> you're, you're not worrying about food costs really too much are you 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 pretty much get to do what you want to do in your kitchen does it sounds that way to me anyway
2: in a trusting way for sure yes i i don't yeah. do that all the time i do bring in a lot of high-end stuff but i have a budget to maintain it
0: uh-huh do you talk to others in your position throughout the league or, or other chefs that work with professional teams you guys share notes or do you have somebody you work with closely is, it, yeah, is there
1: a league of nfl chefs no <laughs> actually
2: a lot of our like my dietitian here will he goes to meetings throughout it's all sports related and he'll talk to other dietitians and he gives me feedback on what they do and what maybe they don't do uh-huh. it's amazing it's it's all on ownership it's not on team you know i mean it's team and ownership but yeah every owner wants different things if you know what i mean you know oh, yeah. i'm not sure of a team that but i know of teams that Get food catered in to the players, and I'll ask players like if they came from the Eagles or anything. I'm like, hey, well, what did you think of their cafe, or Uh, you know, how was your uh how was your experience there? And it's either good or bad.
1: (laughs) That that's where I was going to go. I was going to ask like uh, what what type of feedback you get from players traded in, and what their experience was like at other organizations. And
2: yeah, they'll tell you some good things, but some bad things. You know, no one's perfect. No, no, but they're not. Maybe they're not flying fishing from Alaska in two days. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think it, it, it speaks volumes about having a, a professional like yourself, who's been with the organa- organization as long as you've had, to have that type of relationship. You're gonna get an overall better experience as opposed to to somebody who's just just hiring catering from you know the most cost effective vendor that they can. Right. You
2: know? so, but that comes down to ownership, and how they want to yeah. feed their players. Well, that, how they want to feed them.
1: That has a direct uh, effect on performance. If you ask me, it's like 100 percent.
2: Yeah. Think about when you eat a heavy dinner or anything or whatever, you don't feel like you want to do anything. But if you eat a good, healthy, healthy dinner, then of course you're going to want to play
1: and do well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I I think it goes further than that. There's the intangible of like what you're doing is done with a certain level of love and care, too. And that truly is an ingredient.
2: Right. Yeah, you're not getting any basic chicken. You're getting like we get an Amish chicken from Gerber Farms out of Ohio. It's 90 miles away from Pittsburgh to get product in that's so good or even organic chicken or whatever we make whenever we get in. It's always at a high level. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah. We actually have a rooftop garden here as well. Oh. Yeah. So I have 30. Actually, Julie gives me (laughs) tomato plants every year. That I put on the rooftop garden. Now I inspect them because of the Cleveland Browns fan, but <laughs> make sure they're not tainted tomatoes. Yeah, uh, kind of it's fun to do that stuff and have fresh herbs and fresh tomatoes and jalapenos and whatever you, whatever I want to grow up there.
0: How big is this garden?
2: Uh, it's pretty big. I I could plant like fifty tomato plants, Whoa. twenty jalapeno, you know, twenty pepper plants, and I have an herb garden outside and horseradish growing outside too. So we make our own horseradish here as well.
1: Do you tend the garden <laughs> yourself, or or you like to go yeah, up there? Yeah, my and... staff.
2: We all do it together. Yeah, I keep. I like to keep everyone so we're all together, one unit. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's fun. That's a little little bit of uh, relaxation for you. Then when you're in the middle of the day to go tend to the plants and oh yeah, go see how like... the basil's growing and yeah, to pull Excellent. that
2: off, the you know to carry it in our bin down into the cafe, mm-hmm. the players are like they'll see me because the practice field's right there. Like, oh, he's picking all his tomatoes and. <laughs> you know, it's good communication with them as well. Plus, they like to know what's going on.
0: Oh, there's nothing that beats a fresh grown tomato. Oh, you're nothing. You're
2: not kidding. That's you know, the best. Whether it's marinara, salsa, or a sandwich.
0: Caprese sandwich is something simple. Yep. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Well, wow. um, one thing that, uh, before we we let you go, we got a couple of things left here, Kevin. Um, but one thing I like to ask chefs is if you could recall a time where, where you had just the best meal of your life and it could have been something you made or, or something you experienced somewhere else or we'll say what, top one of the top three things. Cause it's hard, it's hard to pinpoint the best, you know, right? Un- unless you had a truly spiritual moment sometime. <laughs> but, um, what, what's been one of your favorite things that you've ever experienced on a plate? That snow age beef was yeah
2: by far one of the best things I've ever eaten. But if hmm. I go, I mean, my, my family travels to North Carolina. We go to the Outer Banks. There's a place ah. called Kill Devil Grill. They have the best food ever. Oh. So I always enjoy that when I travel. Very but the Snow nice. Age beef, by far, I mean, if, if it's $100 a pound and it's not good, <laughs> that's a bad move. <laughs> something going on.
0: <laughs> All right. That's well, a,
2: like I told my staff, it's a once in a lifetime. You're, to buy $100 a pound beef, you're just not going to do it.
0: No. What cut did you get, by the way? Tenderloin. Tenderloin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, a, you're no, going, yeah. you might as well go, yeah, right? At, yeah, at that point. Yeah.
2: It was already gold with just a tenderloin, but to be snow-aged beef, it was amazing. Hmm.
1: By contrast, what was one of the, the your least favorite culinary experiences that you've had? Could have been something that you were experimenting and making, and you're just like, oh, gosh, that didn't turn out how I was anticipating. I don't know. Could have been when you were like eight years old. Yeah, or young.
2: I know something my parents used to make was like dandelion salad. I'm like, I don't know about that dandelion. That came out from the yard. That's not for me.
1: <laughs> dandelion
2: That's probably not a good reference, but it's what stuck in my mind real
1: quick. Was it just, see, whenever I hear dandelion, I always think of like, they, they put the yellow part in. and, and it's right. just it was the just leaf, the leafy right? part yeah. of it. But the leaves like, taste mom, like-
2: do you really want us to eat that? She's like, oh, it's so good. And I was like, I ate it. I was like, no, that's not for me. <laughs> i'm, I'm not a picky eater though I, I enjoy everything pretty much
0: i just have to tell you i i've looked online here when we were talking and i realized you paid wholesale obviously for that beef it retails for 300 dollars a pound yeah <laughs> online the two ribeyes uh, two strip steaks i'm looking at for 300 dollars. yeah
2: wow. wow not cheap
0: no, but oh my gosh, I can just imagine how that would taste grilled. It has got so much marbling. It's it's. I understand now why they call it snow age because it's almost white. Yep. It's got that much marbling it's in beautiful. it. It's beautiful. Do you know what they do to it? Too? I mean, is that just like Wagyu where they just let it kind of sit there and they, they yeah, basically you know it, care for it every step of the way?
2: I do have some reading material on it. It's just, I guess, in this hut packed in snow, and they let it just snow age for the 90 days. Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's So it's wagyu, the 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 beef is the wagyu, but then they snow age it is what the, yep. the process is. I see. Okay. Mm. Wow, it's almost white. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm.
2: You had to cut it cold. You know, we had to cut mm. it in the fridge because it would just melt in your hands. Oh my gosh. Out oh, hot. That's how <laughs>
0: nice it was. Looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, uh, before we let you go, though, we we do have um, one thing we always like to ask our guests. And we know that throughout your career, you've had someone somewhere or a quote or something that's inspired you. Uh, You said something a little earlier. I forget the exact phrase you mentioned. But do you have something that you reference a lot during your career that motivates you in any way?
2: Yeah, I I was always told, like, hard work works. Working really hard is what mostly successful people do. When you reach that success, you reach back to the next person and help them get successful. I think that's always been something I always enjoyed.
0: Yeah, there's no quick fixes, right? Hard work works. It it's works. Just, there's yeah. one way. There's a way to do it, and uh, do it right. Or do yeah, it twice. You got it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Right. No, that's a good one, especially in our industry. It, it we we do work hard, but um, that's that's the way you learn. That's the way you get ahead. That's the way you get the job done. Yeah. Right. Very good, and it's
2: definitely in this facility to work hard. Because if you don't, you won't succeed.
0: No, you're right. Well, Kevin, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. We really, no, you're welcome. Anytime, really appreciate, it. and our listeners enjoyed. Uh, hearing, we enjoyed the, the talking with you and learning about snow age beef and grape jelly. Two tips I've got written yeah, down here. Yeah,
1: two different uh, worlds there. Not,
0: <laughs> probably not putting those two together though. No, no, I'm not going to put <laughs> right. grape jelly on the snow age beef. <laughs> uh, but no, really, it's been a pleasure, and thanks again for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Best of luck right. to you. Best of luck to the Steelers until possibly the Super Bowl. And then I'm
2: looking forward to it. We'll
0: circle back again, and we'll we'll talk about uh, what we got to put on that game as a little uh, side interest between us, right?
2: <laughs> well, we have one more spot in the trophy case room. There's six there now. I think we could put seven there
0: this year. Ooh, that's, that's, uh, We'll see what we can do to to uh, keep that spot vacant. Make, get the dusting towel out because you may need to keep it clean.
2: <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> Take care. Thank you, guys. All right.
0: Well, Justin, that was. Um, a lot of ways you know i i was i was kind of thinking it would be you know we would hear more about some of the stereotypes we talked about earlier but at at the end of the day uh kevin really it was just like we talked about a a little bit it was a a big food service operation that he runs he he understands he has guests just like restaurants Mm -hmm. and other food service outlets do he's he's accommodating his guests, it's very important to him to make sure that they're happy, that they enjoy what they have. He's got a, someone to answer to, and he he's running just a big food service operation. As much as I was expecting all these stories about the Steelers and their their, their special food requirements and everything, you know, he's just – it's like a big job. It's a, it's a job to him.
1: Yeah. It's something that, that you can tell that he takes a lot of pride in. and Oh, yeah. And that the organization – Really, they take a lot of pride in him. So it, mm-hmm. it sounds like a very, very positive uh, relationship that they have together. And with the, the amount of time that they, they've been working together, that that proves evident. So, but man, we were really just firing the questions off at him. We, <laughs> we just had so many things that we wanted to know. And he was just, just I've learned so yeah. much, you know, just a lot of great insight. So it was just, it's a, it seems like a very fascinating place to work and and to, mm-hmm. to deal with on a on a daily basis, but man, with the volume that he has to crank out, it's I don't know how i still i don't know how he he balances even having a family <laughs>
0: yeah no that's that's what I was saying though I think he just he has this job he knows it's a good job he knows he's he's got some really cool things that he does in his job, but he also knows that that's what he he's there he's got this operation that he runs and he happens to service the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and the pittsburgh university and uh, penguins and that's that's just his client list you know he just looks at them the same as i think a lot of chefs look at their clients want to make them happy want to give them what they want you certainly don't want anybody looking at you thinking that you didn't provide a good meal for them that day and
1: yeah we we touched on it you know that that level of stress of like you have to perform because one slip up and you know things go down players go down and then there's big problems you know for the organization but for him you know and and then uh so that level of trust that he puts into his vendors to do the vetting for Mm -hmm. all of his ingredients that's a that's an excellent relationship there that that he's established so yeah uh it's worth the time to put into finding the vendors that that will treat you right and not, not just try and make a quick buck on you. I
0: also liked when he talked about keeping his staff together and them all going up on the roof mm. and harvesting together. You know, that's important that you're, you're bringing people together and kind of doing those things with each other. You work with these people elbow to elbow in some long, long days. You've got to have a good relationship with your team mm-hmm. in a kitchen like that because you're relying on each other. In food service, it, you know, you're know, you having a down day. Your team picks you up. Mm-hmm. And everybody works together. Absolutely. So very, very much like a food service operation. Surprise, surprise. Again, I, I was kind of thinking like, oh, we're going to hear all these great Pittsburgh stories. But... It was food service, you know, and, and that's, that's not a knock. It's it's actually a surprise to me. Like that, he's, he's very much just a professional chef. He's the executive chef of his food service operation. No. And he treats it that way. So very cool. Great guy. All right. Good day. Good day. Well, Justin, uh, it's time to put this one away. I think any last thoughts from you?
1: I would like to remind everyone to hit that subscribe button so that you do not miss another moment with food service professional again and we would also appreciate if you would leave us a review let us know how we're doing what we can improve upon and maybe give us a suggestion for a topic that we could talk about in the future
0: there we go and everyone please if you want to reach out to us let us know anything please look for us at volrathfoodservicecom slash the feed and once again don't worry about anybody else this is when we talk about quotes this one is one that always comes to mind for me is just do what you do best and no one's going to beat you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week ahead. Until next time, take care.